0: Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au One verse, Proverbs 29.18. If you've got your Bibles, please turn with me. Um, Proverbs 29.18 simple scripture that says where there is no vision the people perish where there is no vision the people perish NIV says where there's no revelation the people cast off restraint and so Father as we go to the word would you speak to us by the Holy Spirit I pray Uh, I just thank you a spirit of wisdom and revelation um, that help that will help us understand help us to see what cannot be seen with natural eyes be glorified this morning bind every work of the enemy every distraction Let there be the freedom of the holy ghost amongst us today Let there be nothing in me that hinders this word bind every spirit of fear and intimidation be glorified and I thank you for what you're going to do in jesus name amen and amen i want to begin with a quiz uh this morning just a very simple quiz, not complicated, no trick questions. Um, I'm going to give you a profession, and I just want you to tell me which tool they need uh, to do their job. Okay, so I'm just going to give you a profession, and you just tell me which tool they need to do their job. So, plumber, just turn to the person next to you, just tell what tool do they need to do their job. Uh, anybody? Anybody tell me? Spanner, thank you very much. You guys are amazing. What about a dentist? What about a dentist? What does a dentist need? Drill. Thank you. A chef. I mean, people said drill. Yeah, that's the smart ones. That's good. Uh, what about a chef? What does a chef need? A knife. No, if the chef doesn't have a knife. It's going to be in big, big trouble. Uh, what about an accountant? Hmm. He's a he's a bunch of stuff. An accountant needs all kinds of things. <laughs> mm, an FPOS machine is what they need. Anyway, um, if you take away those tools from those professions, they won't be able to do their jobs. And life is a bit like that. If our life is going to work, if we're going to be everything that God has called us to be, then we're going to need some tools. We're going to need some qualities, some attributes that are actually going to help us to be the people that God has called us to be. Bible says in Hebrews, therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us now notice what it says there it says and let us run with perseverance the race that is marked out for us now Paul here isn't speaking about the Olympics and he's not speaking about um, uh, you know uh, running in, a, in some sort of a marathon or whatever he's speaking about life and he's saying our life is like a race And there's a specific race that is marked out for us. We have a unique purpose. So so let's throw off um, all the stuff that hinders, the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race that is marked out for us. I want you to know that God has a specific plan for your life and that he created you with a purpose uh, and he created you for purpose. And if there's one thing that the enemy wants to do, is rob you of the life that God wants you to live. You're not an accident. We live in a world that wants to kind of tell us that we are accident. We're a product of, you know, just a, this big bang. And here we are today, thousands and thousands and billions and billions of years later. Well, that's one, one, one theory. But here's another theory. You were created by God. And God, God, God knew you before you were even born. And he had a specific plan for your life. Um, and if there's one thing that the enemy wants to do, as I said, is rob you, Of that plan that rob you of what it is that God intended you to do and who he intended you to be Jesus said the thief comes only to steal to kill and to destroy but I have come that you may experience life and experience it to the full the enemy wants to rob you of the life that God wants you to experience you're not an accident God has a race that is marked out for you it's not a competition between the, you and the person sitting next to you. No, that's not what, what the Scripture is saying there. It's, it's a race that is marked out for you, specifically for you. And, you know, and the enemy wants to kind of distract us from that. And if he can't get you to deny God, he's going to try and limit you in any way that he can. So this morning, I want to begin a, a new series entitled Tools for Life. And in this series, I'm going to give you some keys, principles, qualities that are indispensable just like the knife for the chef a spanner for the plumber some tools that are indispensable essential that are going to help us run the race that God has marked out for us and I pray the Holy Spirit is going to help us because I'm going to go really quick today I want to begin with the first one which is vision vision is one of the essential tools to living the life that God has called us to live vision it's the ability to be able to, to see something in the future that doesn't yet exist. If God has a race that is marked out for us, we need to know where the finish line is. God doesn't say, well, run the race and run wherever you want. Uh, can you imagine in the Olympics, they, you know, the gun goes off, boom, and one's running in one direction, the other one's running in another direction. It's not what happens. Um, God has a clear picture of where we're going in life. One of the problems with vision whenever we talk about vision is we think we don't need a vision for our lives. We're just ordinary people. We're not Bill Gates, Elon Musk. He needs vision, but not us. But you, the, the, and nothing could be further from the truth. Everything we do in life begins with vision. Everything we do in life requires vision. You need vision for marriage, uh, family, education, becoming like Jesus Christ is something that requires vision. Change requires vision. If we we wanna change, what we need is a picture of a preferred future. The clearer that is, the more likely we are to actually achieve that and to get there. Vision is essential in life. Paul understood the power of vision, which is why he prays for the Ephesian church. I love this. He says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. I love that. He's praying for them, not that their physical eyes would be open, but he's saying that their spiritual eyes would be open so that they would know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance, that you may see what cannot be seen with the natural eyes. I love this subject. And I, my, my, my prayer is that God is going to speak to us. The Bible also says, For we live by faith and not by sight. We're a people that live by, as believers, as followers of Jesus Christ, we live by faith and not by sight. In other words, we don't live by what we just see with our natural eyes. Yes, we do in some sense, but, but, but we are a people that live by faith. What is faith? Faith is about vision. Faith is being sure of what you hope for and certain of what you cannot see I can't see it with my natural eyes but but I know it's going to happen I can see it with my spiritual eyes that's what faith is all about it's being sure of what you cannot see with your natural eyes but I could see it with my eyes of faith for the purpose of this message I want to define vision as the pursuit of things that have eternal value for the purpose of this message I I, I wanna, I wanna define vision as the pursuit of things that have eternal value. And as we look at this topic, my prayer is that we would get a vision of what God is doing on the earth, the kingdom of God, that we would get a vision of what God wants to do in our lives, a vision that would change how we live every single day. So if vision is so important in life, if it's an essential tool if it's indispensable then how do we develop a vision for our lives how do, how do we get a picture of a preferred future for our lives well to unpack this I want to look at the familiar scripture Proverbs twenty nine eighteen, where there is no vision the people perish two really important keys to come out of here and i and i pray that's going to help us to get a greater understanding of what vision actually is well first of all if we're going to develop a vision for our lives we need to understand the importance of vision the power of vision Um, as i said the proverb says there where there is no vision notice what it says it says the people perish where there's no vision the bible says The people perish, the people are unrestrained, says another translation. Reckless, says another translation. They run wild, there's no discipline, there is no order. Great example of this in the people of Israel. When the people of Israel came out of Egypt, they came out with excitement and joy and they were singing and dancing. They were were in Egypt and they knew where they were going. They were going into the promised land. God had promised them that they that he would take them out of Egypt and he would bring them into the promised land. And here they were in that direction and they were excited and they were worshiping God and so on and so on. Then about 6 days later they're at a place called Mount Sinai. Moses is goes up on the mountain, he's about to get the 10 commandments. He's there for 40 days. People are getting worried and they start thinking, well, maybe Moses isn't coming back. Maybe he's been taken by God, maybe he's died up there. So suddenly, They lose sight of the vision that God has for them. And the next thing they do is they build a golden calf. They offer sacrifices to it. There's all kinds of revelry, immorality and ungodliness. They lost sight of the vision God had for them and they became unrestrained. What blows my mind is how quickly it happened. What what blows my mind is they saw incredible miracles of God. The 10 plagues, one after the other. And uh, uh, you've seen the, movement, the, the, the movie, you know, The Ten Commandments, whatever. And, you know, God is part of the Red Sea. They've walked through that. The Egyptians are, 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 you know, lose the battle and so on and so on. And yet within six days, they're building a calf. They're making a calf saying, worship the calf. It's just Unbelievable. And yet it can happen it can happen to all of us what, ha- what 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 caused them to get there i tell you what caused them to get there they lost sight of their vision for god they lost sight of the vision that god had for their lives dr a.r bernard said the danger for a person without a vision is they will always return to their past peter was a fisherman and jesus says come follow me and i'll make you fishers of men peter catches the vision leaves his nets follows jesus Followed Jesus for three years, but then Jesus died. And when Jesus died, Peter's vision died. So what did Peter do? He went back to fishing. What, what, what is backsliding? Backsliding is when a person loses their faith in God. They no longer have a vision of who God is and what God is doing in their life. And so what they do is they go back to who they were in the past divorce is going back to the single life because there's no longer a vision for the marriage the devil doesn't tempt us with the past but he discourages us with the future he discourages us about what's going to happen in the rest of our lives because if he can get us discouraged about the future the thing that's giving us hope and purpose and meaning, we will always automatically go back into the past and if that's you today If you're tempted to go back, I want you to know that God has a word for you in the name of Jesus. Isaiah says, forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past. Forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past. The enemy always wants to take us back to the past. He wants us to live in the past. He wants us to remember the past. God says, forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. What's gonna help us deal with the issues of the past is to get a vision of what God wants to do in our lives in the future so many of us are living in the past and well why did this happen to me and and why and why and how and 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 etc etc we take on a victim mindset what helps us deal with the past is to get a vision of what god wants to do with our lives in the future and god says forget the past see i'm doing a new thing don't you perceive it i'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland When we have no vision, not only will we go back to the past, but without a clear vision for our lives, we're condemned to live for the moment. We'll be dominated by the here and now, by things that have no eternal value. We'll be governed by the urgent, by what what is pressing in our lives today. Without a vision of what God wants to do with our lives, we're going to be condemned to the present to live in the here and now. I love what Paul says in Corinthians chapter four. He says, So we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but what is unseen, because what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So we, listen, listen to the, the terminology here, so we fix our eyes. Is Paul speaking about the eyes? Is he speaking about the physical eyes? No, he's speaking about vision, spiritual vision. And he says, so we fix it because there's always a temptation to live for the here and now. And he says, no, we fix our eyes and what is seen or what is not seen. Because what's seen is temporary. What is unseen is in, in, in eternal. Notice what Solomon says where there's no vision, the people are unrestrained. It's, it's written in a negative tense, but the verse is also in, can also be written in the positive sense. Um, the verse can also say where there is vision, the people don't perish, they start to live. When people get a vision of what God wants to do with their life, they don't perish, they come alive. They wake up in the morning. And they say, good morning, can't wait to live this day. How many people do that on Monday morning? Come on, come on, how many people here? That's right, we don't. (laughs) Uh, But where there's vision, there's excitement, there's excitement. It's two kind of things that stress me in life. There's two kind of things that wake me up at three o'clock. In, anybody get woken up at three o'clock in the morning? It's an epidemic, I do. You know, there's two things that wake me up in the, at three o'clock in the morning. One of them is problems and stresses and challenges and difficulties, blah, blah, blah. Some of those things wake me up. But there's another thing that wakes me up. It's good stress. When I, when I get a picture of, of, or a thought about something that we can do, I, I wake up at three o'clock in the morning and bang, It goes. And I could see it and I start to think about it. I get strategy, blah, 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 blah. Sometimes I've woken up, go to my study and just start writing and stuff. It happened this week. But anyway, um, uh, where there's vision, there's a passion to live. There's a desire to live. And, and the verse also says where there's vision, the, 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 the people are restrained and the people are disciplined some people think discipline is an aim in and of itself but discipline alone doesn't work the harder you try not to do something the more you want to do it what gives discipline power is vision what gives discipline power is vision the more you try not to do something the more you want to do it exhibit a sweets but anyway um, but where there's discipline or what gives discipline power is vision think about the athletes who have a vision for the gold medal they wake up early to train they watch their diet they're relentless in their pursuit of gold it's amazing what they will do for that gold medal because they have a clear picture of themselves standing on that podium it's incredible what they will do to be able to get to that place we're going to live a life of purpose, we need to first understand the importance of vision. Secondly, if we're going to develop a vision for our lives, we need to seek God, not the vision. We need to seek God, not the vision. Some people might say, well, Pastor Job, all you're really saying is, we just need to set some goals in life. It's all you're really saying here. All this talk about vision, all you're talking about is goal setting. That's all you're really talking about. Reality is, the scripture is much, much more profound than that. Let me tell the story of when um, we were in Bible college. Remember, um, uh, this guy came and gave a talk, motivational speaker, powerful, blah, 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 blah. He says, got goals of 50, 60, 70, 80. Man, I was impressed. I thought, and this guy was living with purpose, blah, blah, blah. I said, well, that's what I've got to do. So, uh, so I packed some butcher's paper and texters in my car. I went to Victor Harbor, booked in three nights, said I'm going to fast and I'm going to pray for three days and uh, butcher's paper and I'm going to get a vision for the rest of my life in the name of Jesus. And, you know, the first day nothing happened, but in the second day I wake up at three o'clock in the morning and there it was. I had this picture. I had this picture and it was so clear. was so so clear and the first part of that picture was you're gonna be a psychologist so I wrote it down on the butcher's paper and I said that's gonna be really hard because I've only done year 11 how can I ever be a psychologist but you know I put it down on the piece of paper and then the second thing that came to me you're gonna be the senior pastor of Life Christian Center and I said to myself well that's gonna be a little bit challenging because Pastor Alia was the senior pastor at that time so (laughs) but that was part B of the strategy because then you got the vision and then you got the strategies so one of the strategies I just put a little note Deal with Pastor Elliot. But anyway, that's... Uh, <laughs> 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 number three, you know, oversee... Sorry, that sounded terrible. Um, number three was very, very clear. You know, oversee a group of small churches, the CCA. Be the head of a movement, wrote it down. Number four, I had this picture. It was very, very clear. Get young people and married couples to come out from Italy and do some work out here and, and things going to... Exp- so clear, I just wrote it. Is that what you think happened? None of that happened, let me tell you. Not a single thing like that happened. I'm sitting in front of this blank piece of paper after day two, and I'm go- I'm starving. I haven't been eating for a day and a half. I'm starving. I'm fasting. And I'm, and I'm going, this is, this, is, this is crazy. Packed up the butcher's paper, the text, packed it up in the car, went and got something to eat and came back home. And it was great. If we try and write our own vision, it will be limited by our view of ourselves by our insecurities, our limitations. It's not where vision starts. You see, we don't get vision by seeking a vision. We get a vision by seeking God. You don't get a vision by seeking the vision. Got to get a vision. You get a vision by seeking God. NIV translates the verse where there is no revelation. I love that. The people cast off restraint. Passion translations, where there is no clear prophetic vision. What is God saying about what he wants to do in my life? The people quickly wander astray. The message translation, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. When it comes to vision, most people say, well, well, I've got a clue what the vision is for my life. I don't know where to start. That's why this principle is so, it's so important for me. It's, it starts off in, with, 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 just, with just the basics. And the basics are simple. If God has created me, if we are God's workmanship, if God has marked out a race for us, then it only makes sense to talk to God about what, it, what that race should look like, what the picture of my life should look like if He's the one that's created me, if He's the one who knew me even before I was born, if He's the one who had a plan and a purpose for my life, even before I was created, then it only makes sense to go back to Him and say, okay, God, here's my life. What is it that you want to do with it? The way we get a vision is not by seeking a vision. The way we get a vision is by seeking God. So Pastor John, what does that look like? Well, firstly, we need to seek to know God. Come on, you've heard me say this again and again. Our primary purpose in life is to know God. It's the most important mission we have in life. Everything else flows from it. Everything else flows from that one thing. It's not knowing God for what God can give us, do for us, say to us, for the doors He can open, for what we can get out of God. The most important purpose we have in life is to know God for who He is. I just want to go into the presence of God. I just want to build my relationship with God. It's what Jesus did just for the record. The Bible said he would would often get away from everybody and he'd go and spend time with God. The Bible says he would get up really early in the morning and he'd go and spend time with God. Paul says, I want to know Christ. Man, Paul says, I want to know Christ. I want to know Him. This is after miracles and this is after the third heaven and the fourth heaven and and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I want to know Christ. Moses says, teach me a way so that I may know you. Here's the thing. The more we know God, the clearer the vision for our lives becomes. Man, man, that is as true as any statement is true. The more you know God, the clearer the vision for our lives becomes. It's not, you know, I've got to get some books on vision and it's great. I've read all the books on vision. I love it. I love, I love reading all that business material, blah, 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 blah. I love it all. But ultimately, vision for our lives, comes from God, and you know there's a there's a really good book that I've read. It's called uh, uh, Emeth Manager Michael Gerber, and I love that. It's a book on business, and he says talks a all about business. When you think about business, you think, oh well, what's the vision for business? Well, ultimately, the goal is, you know, you've got to make money. That's that's what it is. What he talks about there, no, that's not the vision at all. You got to first of all discover what your primary purpose in life actually is. Discover that. The business helps you to fulfill what that is. Well, where are you going to get the primary purpose for your life? I tell you where you're going to get that. You're going to get that in the presence of God. You're going to get that in the presence of God. God says to you and me, call to me and I will tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. God says, call to me and I will tell you great and unsearchable things that you you do know god invites us into his presence and he says i've so much to tell you i have so much to speak to you about it's in the presence of god that god begins to give us glimpses of the future it's in the presence of god that that god begins to plant desires in our hearts it's in the presence of god that our ears are open to hear the small still voice of the holy spirit it's in the presence of god that our eyes are open as we see what god sees one of the most often quoted Old Testament scriptures in the New Testament is a verse in Isaiah that says, you will be ever hearing but never understanding. You will be ever seeing but never perceiving. And you can kind of sense the frustration of God. He's saying, if, if you would just seek me, you're forever hearing about seeking me, but you're not seeking me. If you would just seek me, if you would just pursue me, I will tell you things that are going to blow your mind about you. Don't settle for mediocrity. Don't settle for an ordinary life. And I want you to know that understanding the vision for our life isn't difficult. You don't need to go on some pilgrimage. As you're in the presence of God, God begins to open your eyes. Man, it's, it's, as, as, the more you know God, the more you know yourself. The more you know God, the, the more in touch you become with what God wants you to do in your life. Start to get a vision of the kingdom of God, God begins to speak to you about the vision he has for your life, your marriage, your children, your work, your church. It's another world begins to open up as we know God. Secondly, seeking after God also means seeking to become like Christ. You don't get a vision by seeking a vision. Here it is again. Listen carefully. You don't get a vision by seeking a vision. You get a vision by seeking to become like Christ. You, you, you seek after becoming like Jesus Christ. I want to know God with all my heart and I want to become like Jesus. One of my prayers every day, Lord, I want to become more and more like Jesus every day. It's a powerful prayer. I don't want to become more like me. I want to become more like Jesus. That's what we are as Christians. We are disciples of Jesus Christ. We are followers of Jesus Christ. We want to become more like Jesus every single day. When we give our lives to Christ, when we invite Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of our life, the Holy Spirit comes and dwells inside of our hearts and the purpose of the Holy Spirit is to form Christ in you and me. I want to become more like Jesus every day. And thirdly, seeking after God also means... Serving Christ. Look at how simple Paul's vision statement for his life was. His, 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 his mission statement, vision statement for the Apostle Paul's life. Here it is. You know, it's not, got to plan 150 churches by the time I'm 65. Got to retire at 60, 70, got to set some goals. No, that's not here. Here's his vision statement for life. Here it is here. All right, it's pretty complex. He says, for me to live is Christ. That's it. How basic is that? Paul had one purpose in life, and that was to glorify Christ and to advance his cause. It didn't matter whether Paul um, was, um, it was, when things were going well, he served Christ. When he was in a prison cell, he served Christ. He wrote that in Philippians. He's in a prison cell. He's attached to, 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 to guards 24-7. He's got uh, soldiers around him, and he's gone. You know, you don't know what's happening right now in my life. You don't know, i got these soldiers, and you know, and can you imagine those poor soldiers in the Apostle Paul? He just imagine being with him for, I don't know, you know, he'd be, he'd be hammering them, you know, blah, 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 blah. blah. And he goes, you know, you're not going to believe this. Some of these soldiers are coming to know Christ. And as a result of that, they're going back into, into their, their workspaces and the whole palace guard is finding out about Christianity. Paul's vision was really simple. For me to live is Christ. For me to live is Christ. Is to serve Christ wherever I am right now. Oh, Pastor Joe, I want to know what the vision is for my life. Well, here it is. Just serve Christ wherever you are. Live for Christ. You don't get a vision by seeking a vision. You get a vision by by, by seeking to serve Christ. I say discovering the vision is really simple. We seek intimacy with God. We seek to become like Christ. And then it's whatever your hands find to do, do it with all your heart. Be faithful in the vision that God has given you. And then he will entrust you with more. Why would God entrust us with a vision to change the world if we're not faithful to the vision for our marriage, for our families, for the church? Why why would God entrust us with a greater vision if if we haven't caught the vision yet for what he's doing through this thing called the, the church of Jesus Christ? It's not our church. Jesus said, I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall prevail against it. He could have used any other kind of means. He's chosen to use the church of Jesus Christ to to be able to speak the the, the word of God and the the gospel of Jesus Christ. And as believers, we're called to, to, to be part of the vision that he has for the body of Christ. Vision always begins with God. It never begins with you and me. As, uh, as I said, Jesus said, I'll build my church. Gates of hell shall not prevail against her. Let me say before that whenever we build a house, we get a picture of the house. What is it going to look like? Once we're happy with a picture, a drawing of the plans, then we start building. And one of, the, one of the questions that challenges me continuously is this. When Jesus said, I'll build my church, what picture did he have in mind? What picture did Jesus have in mind when He said, I will build my church? Talk about it with the leadership team from for every now and then. Let's close your eyes. When I think about the church operating at its best, what does it look like? It cha- that thought challenges me continuously. I see different things. One of the things I see is the whole church just lifting their hands and worshipping Christ. A whole congregation full just lifting hands and worshipping Jesus see God moving and people being uh, getting a revelation of who Jesus is not religion not a church and get a revelation of who Jesus is I I, I see a church where God begins to move and miracles begin to happen I'm going to believe for that more and more in the name of Jesus don't understand everything there is to know about miracles it's some aspects are a mystery but you know what I'm going to believe for it in Jesus name Because the Word of God says, you shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That's not a suggestion. That's not a might be. It's a command that God gave the Scriptures. I'm going to believe for that. Jesus said, greater things than these shall ye do. For I go to make intercession for you. I want to believe that to be a true for the church of Jesus Christ. When God sees the church operating at its best, what does He see? I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of seeing that vision and doing whatever I can to, to, in, to, to allow that to become a reality. When God sees the world, what does He see? What, what does God see when He sees the world? When God sees Australia, what does He see? When God sees Adelaide, what does He see? And the way we find out is by spending time in His presence. The Bible says one day Jesus went to Bethsaida. And there was a man there that was blind. Bible says Jesus took him by the hand and led him outside of the city. Then he spit on some eye. Then he spit on his eyes and touched them. Just thought after the service, I want to do that to a few people. If you really feel led, I'm just going to be here at the front. He spits on his eyes, touches them, and he said, "What do you see?" He said, I see men like trees walking. Then he touches his eyes again. And his eyesight was restored. And his eyes were open. I believe more than ever that God wants to take you and me by the hand because that's where vision starts. It begins by walking with Jesus. He wants to take us out of the city, out of our comfort zone, our preconceived ideas, our own limitations. If someone had said to me when I was 18 that I would be doing this today, I would have done something that maybe I would have regretted to them. (laughs) I would have hurt them. I would have said, you're crazy, you're stupid. God sees things in you you cannot see in yourself. He, has, he, he does not create accidents. He does not create people and think, oh my goodness, what did I just do? I created Joe. I'm going to have to do something with him. <laughs> he doesn't create accidents. He knows exactly what he's doing. He's created you for a purpose. He has a race that is marked out specifically for you. And then he encourages us to come into his presence, to connect with him and to get a greater understanding of what that is. God wants to lead us. He wants to take us by the hand. He wants to take us away from all those limitations. He wants to take us out of the noise. More than ever, Jesus wants to touch our eyes so that we can start to see, man. So that our spiritual eyes can be open and we can see the vision God has for our lives. The more we walk with God, the clearer our vision becomes. Sometimes God does appear to us in a burning bush like He did to Moses. Sometimes He appears to people in a dream like He did to Joseph. Sometimes He might even send an angel like He did to Mary. Sometimes it's kind of really dramatic. This is what I've called you to do. But the majority of time, vision comes by just seeking to know God. I love it. Nothing dramatic. I just want to know God. It's where vision starts. It's in in that place that God begins to speak to us. It's in that place that ideas start to to come, that, 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 that vision is conceived. It's in the presence of God. It's seeking to become like Jesus every single day. It's looking for opportunities to serve. Well, where can I serve? What can I do? Lord, what is it that You want me to do? And as we do the little, as we're faithful in the little, The vision then becomes clearer and clearer and clearer. One of the essential tools to being the person God has called us to be is vision. If we're going to run the race, we're called to run. We need a picture of where we're going. We need to be able to see, not with our natural eyes, but with our spiritual eyes. And if we don't have that, we're just going to be condemned to living for the moment. Uh, we're going to be—we're going to be live. We're going to be condemned to living a life in the natural. So we get a picture of what what it is, and and you know, ah, oh, it's a nicer car, bigger blah 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 blah, blah. more expensive holidays, bruh, all of that. Nothing wrong with any of that stuff, by the way. It's all good. It's fine. Nothing wrong with any. But if that's it, if that's all, if that's all there is, man, that's 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 that's, that's it's not a great life. It's not exciting. When you get a vision from God, man, it's exciting. People over the age of 95 were asked the question if you could live your life all over again, how would you live it differently? It's a great question to ask people that were 95 years old. It's a powerful question. I've been thinking about it more and more. When you're 95, size of your house doesn't matter. When you're 95, because you, you, if it's three stories, you can't get to the third story. When you're 95, you can't drive anymore. It doesn't matter how good your car is. It's in the garage. Well, some people can, but you know. What, what, what starts to be really important is stuff that has eternal value. They said we will do more things. If we could live our life all over again, we will do more things that, have, that would live on after we are dead. They will do more things that have eternal value. That's powerful. That is powerful. That's powerful. That's what God has for you and me. Because that's where you find life. That's where I mean, after you've got the, the house of your dreams, after you've got the car of your dream, after you've gone on there, I mean, how many times can you go around the world? Seriously. And then after a while it becomes, oh, it's another trip, it's another airport, it's another airplane, it's another hotel. I just want to go home, you <laughs> know. It's not what gets us going in the morning. When you get a picture of what God wants to do in your life, it keeps you up at night. Not bad stress. It's good stress. Because you just, man, I can't wait to go. I've got to write this down. It's powerful. It's powerful. It's where you start to live. That's what God's desire is for you. If we don't have vision, we'll be condemned to live for the moment and we'll go back to, to the past. But if we seek after God, He'll start to speak to us about the vision He has for our lives. A vision that impacts eternity for the cause of Jesus. And it's powerful. It's powerful. And does it doesn't does need to be grandiose. doesn't need to be this, I don't know what kind of vision, but it's clear. I know I have a vision of the kingdom. For me to live is Christ. And to die is gain. For me to live is Christ. It's, it's powerful. When, when, when that vision becomes clear in your mind, it changes how you live your life. It changes your priorities. Would you stand with me? I want to finish with a prayer today. I want to pray over you. One of the essential tools, one of the indispensable tools of life, if we're going to be everything that God has called us to be, run the race that is marked out for us, you need vision. You need vision. So I want to finish off with a prayer. It comes out of Ephesians one eighteen. It says this, I pray that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination. Flooding you with light until you experience the full revelation of the hope of his calling. That is the wealth of God's glorious inheritance that he finds in us his holy ones. My 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 prayer for you and me, above all else, not not complicate vision, keep it simple. Seek after God. Become like Christ. Find a place to serve. It's what our vision is. To know God. Grow together. Serve others. It's what the vision of our church is. Pursue those three things. And the vision that God has for your life will become clearer and clearer. And the clearer it becomes, the more excited you get. And it's when you start to really, really Live. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you that this word is not just another word. and I, I, I just pray that the thoughts, the concepts of this message will actually become a revelation in our hearts that will take us beyond ourselves, beyond the natural, beyond the, beyond the life that we're living, that you would take us out of the realm of the natural and into the realm of the, of the supernatural, the spiritual realm, that we would see what you see that we would see what you see in the world, that, you would see, that we would see what you see in our nation, in this church, above all else, that we would get a glimpse of what you see for our lives, the vision that you have for our lives. This is our prayer. And we ask it in the mighty and glorious name, name of Jesus. Father, I just thank you for this congregation. I just, I just see so much potential I just I just see so much um, so much that can be done I I just pray that that we would get a glimpse of this today and be everything you've called us to be in Jesus name I pray amen and amen well God bless you you have an awesome Sunday and we see you back Wednesday night for the prayer meeting thank you